And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you by Away With Me Travel, the official travel agency of the Disney Dads Podcast and our YDF Media. There's nothing better than traveling to Walt Disney World over the holidays. Right now, we have an amazing offer going on for our Disney Dads family. Tell me a little bit about it, Jamie. I'm so excited to be able to bring this incredible offer to our family, and that is if you book a vacation package now through the end of December 2019, we are giving a complimentary party ticket to either Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party or Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So contact us for details, and we can get you that incredible offer. Contact us at show at awaywithmetravel.com, and we can't wait to get you to these amazing parties today. And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you. Thank them. Now enjoy the show. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen. Start your engines! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. We're a show that's... uh, a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. That little bit about us, we're missing somebody this week. Our good brother, our buddy Jason, is off with the family, getting some much-needed family time uh, out in Pennsylvania. We've been getting some pictures from him. We've been getting text messages. Buddy, we miss you a lot. But I have a great, great, great person I get to do the podcast with tonight. You know him, the wonderful Justin. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to see you tonight. How's uh, How's everything going there? Going well? Yeah, not bad, not bad. You know, usual craziness. It's it's like uh, it's got that weird kind of weather. You know, one day you're walking around in shorts, next day you're bundled up with the heat on, like like you know, uh, eighty degrees in the car because you're freezing. So uh, it's that that weird kind of weather you get now. You know, you don't know whether to uh, dress warm or put on shorts. So, uh, but we're starting to get to that fall weather. The trees are changing, and uh, the pumpkin spice is in the air. Every time I have weather like that, which is kind of why I live in the south now. My allergies would be terrible. I'd get sick. It never failed. Like if it was back and forth, back and forth. So I like our our quick. Um, we just jump from straight. It's a million degrees, and you're wearing a wet electric blanket to. Eh, it's a it's a it's a chilly. You know, sixty, fifty five, <laughs> and that's you I'd know. Take, I'd take that. Oh man, I freeze. I had, I had the fireplace on the other day, so just because it was it was below seventy. Um, yeah, man, we've been crazy here. You know, we leave for Disney in the morning, and. Uh, not in the morning. Rising goes to school a half day. But we leave for Disney. We're going to go down for a couple days. Do Mickey's not scary. Dude, I was shocked to see how many days the party has sold out. So it's the, we're going Thursday night for the party, and it's sold out. And I don't remember the past couple years, and I don't know if that has to do with the fact that they're not only selling tickets, but they did that kind of premiere pass where you can go as many times as you want. You know, it was like $400. You can go to mm-hmm. as many parties as you want. 
So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see. Do you think they're selling less tickets because they've sold out more of the premier passes? Do you think that's why it's sold out? I don't know. I've talked to people who have went, and they said it's just crazy. They said there's just lots and lots. Now, the people I've talked to said at 10 o'clock it clears out, and that's good because we're late-night people. So, you know, we'll stay for the later parade and do all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. It's interesting. I was looking today. I think there's only, for the rest of the month, I think there's only two dates that aren't sold out. Okay. So that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Are they doing the same thing with those uh, premiere passes for the Christmas parties? I'm sure they will. I mean, they they had to have been a success. If you're a local, it's kind of a no-brainer, to be honest. Yeah, but ho- Halloween is like the best extra ticketed event you can get down there. I mean, we've talked about it a million times yeah. over. You know, like if you're going to pay for any event there, the Halloween party is definitely the way to go to. But entertainment-wise, it's definitely the best. If it's going to continue to be as crowded as a regular peak park day, is it going to lose some of that luster? Maybe. That's why we quit doing the Christmas party for a while because we went two years in a row and it was so oversold that you couldn't move. And I thought, well, this this isn't worth it, you know? And then we went back last year for the first time after a couple of years out and it was it was awesome. I mean, we had a an amazing time last year. So um I don't know, man. It's 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 an it's an interesting way to think of things. If uh if if it's gonna keep being sold like this, you know, they're gonna have to make an adjustment one way or the other. So if I put you on the spot, if you mm-hmm. had to pick either, uh, you know, a regular October night doing a very crowded Mickey Not So Scary or a uh, Moonlight Magic event where or one of those after hours where you would pay the same amount of money, but you would pretty much have the park to yourself. What would you go with? But just a normal park, just Magic just Kingdom away. Park, Magic no, Kingdom I'm going to go. Th- I'm going to go crazy. Uh, Mickey's Not So Scary every time because it's different. Like I'm in the parks a lot. So. Yeah, I like the Moonlight Magic events. I like the extra ticket events because you can do more in a shorter period of time. But I also can't see, you know, the boot, you know, boo to you. I can't see, like, I can't see all those great things that I, that, 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 dude, that's kind of our start each season to the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like, that's our role, like, roll out the red carpet where Mickey's not so scary. And now we're getting into Thanksgiving and then Christmas and New Year's. And then, you know, we hit our dead spot right there. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, it was uh, it was good. Um, you know, talking about people though, I got to bring this up real quick before we jump into tonight's topic. Talking about the amount of people, uh, I saw a lot of people tonight because I had to go to Riley's school hmm. to learn second grade math. Now, <laughs> when I went to school, I thought for sure, I thought, you know what, I am preparing myself. For when I have a kid, I never prepare myself to change a diaper. I never prepare myself to, you know, uh, really, you know, give those little lessons through life. It's kind of you wing it as you go. But second grade math, if somebody said when I was born, hey, you're going to tell for second grade math. I went, hey, don't worry, buddy. I got this one. So we go and we sit down and she starts, the woman starts talking. She like flew in from Vermont or somewhere. Starts talking about how they want to do the math now. The common core. Right. Well, here's the thing, though, man. Maybe I'm the weirdo because that's the way I've done math all along. So I look over at Katie. I've never had a moment in my life where I felt like I was the smartest person in the room. And today, I sit there, and uh, she puts up this problem. And just in my head, I go, it's 535. And Katie goes, but how'd you get it? I said, I, it's 535. That's what it is, you know? I, I, I wanted to raise my hand and because at one point, she goes... Um, now listen, I know none of you in third grade could do this, and I want to be like, ma'am, you are underestimating me because I won the <laughs> Math Whiz Award in third grade. 
Okay, so you need to stop it right now. So that was our evening, and then we've been running errands and trying to get everything done. So I apologize for running a little late this evening, but I had to learn second grade math. You, my friend, are a freak because I didn't know nothing about that new Common Core math. As a matter of fact, the sad part is when they started rolling out this new math, uh, Sarah had already been through a couple of years of our math. So I'm yeah. used to doing, you know, the, the 2 plus 2 equals 4. Now she's doing, um, you know, what if 5 was a yeah. friend of Z, what would, um, where is this coming from? You know, this this complete <laughs> nonsense. And um, yeah, so it was quite confusing for Sarah. You know, Sammy, on the other hand, kind of learned it from scratch. And we kind of got what they were looking for with, Sa- you know, we kind of got, you know, thrown into it the hard way with Sarah. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's however you learn. It's just weird for us. But I know what you're talking about, but I have no idea how you would have even have known that before because it was, and Laura, who's been in education her whole life, she'd never seen that kind of common core math nonsense before. But Because you know, you know how my head works. It's so strange and bizarre what goes on yeah, up there. It's already we, off, off we, the... We know. Um, but <laughs> it's you a know, whole other it, show. I would turn into that parent that I disliked too, where I was just bragging, except for on my kid, I was bragging on myself as we walked out. All the parents were like, oh, what was that? And I'm like, please, I knew that all along. What, you know, and I'm like, ugh, I don't like You know you're going to come out from the next school play and your tire's going to be flat, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do this math, nerd. <laughs> How many times are you going to take to take these lug nuts off? I, oh, I will man. show you. Well, I tell you what. It's, uh, there's one thing that you definitely can't count, no matter if you're using the old school math or if you're using the brand new Common Core, and that's how many spirits haunt the graveyard uh, in Haunted Mansion. And uh, this week we are closing up and finishing our series, Stories with the Dads, our deep dive into the Haunted Mansion. Uh, Mike, last time we left, we were in the attic, and we were being... Um, uh, haunted by Constance and her five husbands and all the evil that she's done. And uh, now our Doom Buggy is making that turn backwards. And we are being, what I say, pushed out the window as we make our journey into the graveyard. Yeah, and we are slowly tumbling into the graveyard. And what a cast of characters we're about to run into and what a lot of backstories. And I'm so excited to talk about them tonight because, man, you know, we've been doing a lot of research on the show. And there's some really cool backstories and some really awesome tie-ins to uh, Disney Imagineers, uh, Disney folklore, Disney stories that I can't wait to talk about it with you tonight. One of the first people that we see when we enter the graveyard is the caretaker. And he's hanging out there with one of the saddest characters in all of it, his dog Bones. And every time I see his dog Bones, I always feel like i got to bring him a sandwich because he just looks terrible. The name fits him. He's that, you know, that malnourished dog. He looks terrible. Uh, every ASPCA commercial we ever see here for <laughs> donations looks like him. Um, so it kind of pulls the strings in my heart. But... Uh, he is a great character, the caretaker, and it's quite a bit of a backstory on him. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, you know, if you're talking about the caretaker, we could also know him as Silas Crump, or a lot of people call him Clyde. And uh, he's actually the only person that is a living resident of the mansion. So everyone else has passed the deceased, and now they uh, haunt the mansion. Um, but Clyde is actually the only one there alive, him and Bones. And like you say, I feel like I can hear... But uh, between the um, the music going on, I can hear Sarah McLaughlin just off in the distance every time I see Bones uh, with the arms of an angel, <laughs> you know, in the back there. Mike, what's your favorite part about Clyde that he does there uh, as you enter the graveyard? Silas Crump is also what he's referred to, and he's also a tie-in to, he's paying tribute to a famous Imagineer, Roly Crump, 
who worked on the mansion for many, many years. He's got a lot of Disney tie-ins. He's been an Imagineer. Uh, one thing that, that Rolly worked on was, it was called the Museum of Weird, and it was a Madame Tussauds-type-like attraction that was going to be the actual entrance of the Haunted Mansion. Because originally, Haunted Mansion wasn't going to be a ride-through. It was going to be a walk-through, mm-hmm. almost similar to a museum. And the... Uh, that that part that entrance of the museum is what he was gonna what he did the design for. They decided that this was gonna be a ride through attraction, and they wound up scrapping that museum of weird. But he had such good ideas and concepts that they pulled a lot of those ideas and concepts into the attraction that we have now. Some of the things that he came up with was the uh, chairs with faces, uh, the busts that that kind of follow you around. You know, we talked about that earlier, uh, and the paintings that change before your eyes. So that was a big part of the Museum of Weird that was going to be the main entrance of the Haunted Mansion that they had to incorporate in because of a redesign. And um, and Raleigh was the, you know, he was, he was a major part of this ride, and that caretaker is kind of a little bit of a tribute to him. Yeah, definitely. And the thing I love, too, is even if you don't ride the attraction, you can see... Um you know, Bones's and and Silas's, you can see their impact on this attraction because uh, if you go outside of the Haunted Mansion out in Liberty Square and you go to the front of the queue, over by the exit, you can actually see footprints of Silas and Bones and there's actually a, uh, a little um, staircase there and there's a metal dog door that's right there by the exit gate. So that's where they escape and, and can leave the mansion whenever they need to because you got to think, man, that is no place you want to be twenty four seven. Is inside the mansion. You you know they're looking for that thousandth haunt, and he's right there to uh, fill the void. One other thing that you'll see with Rolly is that uh, there's another tie into him in the mansion later on. But there's also a tie in on another ride because he's such been such an Imagineer. And the face of the caretaker is the same face that they used for the safari guy getting chased up the pole in the Jungle Cruise. And I'll post a picture of that, and you'll see the resemblance. They use the same mold and the same bust for the Jungle Cruise and for the caretaker that was in the graveyard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, as you move along, too, you kind of, he's the first thing you see. I love the way the Doom Buddy moves to where, you know, they are positioning your eyes to where you need to be because there are some scares inside the Haunted Mansion that a lot of people don't realize when you talk about the uh, the different pop-up ghosts that are around the around the graveyard. The one thing I love about the pop-up ghosts is originally there are three uh, pop-up ghosts, and you have Silas Grunge, Emmett Tots, and Felicia Scratch, and uh, they were supposedly the first three spirits that uh, Madame Leota brought to the mansion to uh, kind of open up her uh, her side to the spirit world. So if you're thinking about who were the first three people to really take part in this mansion, they might see like a quick boop, there they are, but these three, uh, Silas Grunge, Emmett Tots, and Felicia Scratch are your three that uh, that uh, that started it all, the original three. Yeah, and I think it was before 97, weren't they originally in the attic? There was, yeah, they were, and then they were moved. Whenever they did the refurb, they moved them to um, to the graveyard. And there was, actually, there was actually room for another one in the graveyard, but they didn't put it in there because of the staircase that needed to be there for the singing bus. So there's actually a spot still there, but it, there's no pop-up there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. One of the things that you're going to see as we pass the first couple of pop-up ghosts is the Phantom Five. And the Phantom Five is a group of 
not so good instrument players. They're not really in tune too well. I kind of like um, my high school band when I was, uh, Wait, you know. Wait, you were in a high school band? Well, I was in a rock band. And, were you um, really? Yeah. What did you play? Very good one. I was a bass player. Were you? Yeah, I wasn't. I don't. I didn't have the looks for a singer, so I had to, you know, do the next best thing. I had to be a bass player. I was in a heavy metal band. I had you had the long hair, hair too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, oh, I don't know, even know. Maybe even Chris Masterakis might have came to one of my shows back in the high school days. I'm not sure, but yeah, I was in one Man, of those I'd glam high school that. bands. Yeah. I'd pay for video of that. I guess it's not video. What are those called? Super eights? Uh, I think it might actually be a VCR tape <laughs> somewhere, somehow, someplace. But uh, but yeah, so. I don't feel bad because my band was much better than this one. And these guys are way out of key. Uh, there's one guy playing a flute, another guy playing a horn, someone else on a bagpipe, uh, a harp, and then another guy using bones to pound away on a tombstone. So, you know, not a good musical mix, and uh, it shows. I like how sometimes you see it throughout the mansion with Medusa and you see it with, um, there's a few different places in the mansion to where there's actual ties to historical figures. Um, Cleopatra, you know, there you see them throughout. So when you look at the Phantom Five, if you look at the drummer, supposedly the history behind the drummer is he is based on the Phantom Drummer of Tedworth. Now, the Phantom Drummer of Tedworth has a really great story. And this story takes place back in 1661. And there it was in uh, Wiltshire, um, Massachusetts, I believe. And there was a guy that was just kind of a drunk. He was not, you know, he, he was just, the, he was the town. Everyone hated him. No one liked this guy. And uh, his name was William Drury. And he would go around and collect money. He would panhandle and, and want people to give him money. Well, the city files a suit against him, trying to get him to to you know leave, get out of the town, do whatever. And so to get back at them, he goes and he plays his drum doof, 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 all hours of the night just to drive absolutely people crazy. He later on dies, but it is said that his ghost haunts uh, one of the buildings there, and at night you can hear the drums all the time. Uh, and that is one of the reasons why he's known as the Phantom Drummer of Tedworth. So really interesting that they bring in an actual person to uh, maybe that's who this is. So whenever you see that drummer in the Phantom Five, it's the uh, Phantom Drummer of Tedworth. So Medusa, Dracula, Flying Dutchman, like you were saying, those are some of the other characters that have tie-ins to stuff outside the mansion. And here's another uh, character that was not part of the original Disney stories that gets tied into. And it's got a a nice tie-in to some of the real-life stories of the supernatural. The interesting thing about the Phantom Five is that a lot of people mistake them for the singing bust, which are, you know, because the busts are so iconic and so well-known, the you know they hear the Phantom Five they immediately think that but it's not it's the band you see prior to even getting to the bust so as you're going through just you know give them their uh, give them their due too because they are there to like you said very poorly play their instruments and uh, and entertain you as you go along the thing I love about the Phantom Five too is supposedly they were um, brought in to entertain the Gracie family as well so that's another one where Master Gracie brought them in. They died while on property, and now they live uh, live there forever. 
You know, you were just mentioning that they get obviously mistaken for the singing bus because there are five singing busts, and uh, that's the next part of our journey I want to bring us to. And uh, from left to right, the singing bus are known as Rolo, Rumpkin, Uncle Theodore, Cousin Algernon, Nednub, and Phineas Tuck. When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, Spooks and and wake, Happy haunts materialize, And begin to vocalize, Grim grinning ghosts are out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide, Or a silly spook may sit by your side, Shrouded in a dark disguise. Rolo Rumpkin was the first bust all the way on the left-hand side, and he's also the likeness of Roly Crump, which is the Imagineer that we spoke of earlier that had the nod from the caretaker. Yeah, you know, the thing, too, we learn about uh, Rolo is the singers were invited for a party one night. So the Gracies, you know, they they are the affluent people in the area. They are invited to the mansion to entertain guests as they entered the mansion, right? So they come, they are entertaining, they're singing, they're all holding their microphones very, very closely when a lightning bolt hits the manor and electrocutes all of them with their microphones in their hands. So we know how they die and we know why they're there and we know now why they have to constantly sing and entertain the Gracies and mostly Madame Leota to keep her happy because Madame Leota has full control over the manor. Yeah, back to Madame Leota again. She's another... Uh, Tell you what, that woman, she's got issues. And I never realized until we started doing this series. Mm-hmm. She's really the root cause of all this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the next bust in line is Uncle Theodore. And Uncle Theodore is the one that's half broken, the one kind of tipped over on its side. Mm-hmm. Now, he's also... A lot of people think that that's Walt Disney because of the the likeness of that, but it's not. It was never meant to be Walt Disney. It was meant to be Thurl Ravenscroft, and there's a story behind this. And the unofficial ghost gallery story is that Theodore was given the name of Sherman Thrall and was friends of the ghost host, Master Gracie from the Yells Glee Club, where the group was called the Mallow Man because their voices (laughs) were soft like marshmallows. So that's... And then, like you said, they were electrocuted when a lightning bolt hit their microphones. So it, it's a very common story that goes around about these singing busts. Can they start calling me that? Can I be Mallow Man? But I think they would call me that for a different reason. It'd be more like my midsection's more like a marshmallow. So it'd be, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be my silky smooth tones in my voice. Um, the, the cool part was, look, if you have seen the movie Hercules, then you've seen these busts because they kind of reanimated these busts as the Greek muses. Um, there, so as they're singing uh, in the in, in Hercules. Also, I love the fact that you know, like you said, his is the one that is slanted, right? The reason it's slanted is the fact that when they did the recording, something happened with with the with the recording, and so they could not straighten out his face. So, uh, Imagineers being Imagineers, amazing. They said, "Well, you know how we'll fix this problem." We'll just make the bus sideways. And so that's mm-hmm. why he is sideways. Uh, you know, next to him, if you move down the line, you're looking at uh you're looking at our good, good friend, cousin Algernon. Uh I love the top hat. It's one of my favorite things. That's how I'd like to think that I would look. Um also he's probably the most dapper out of all of them, that is for sure. 
And him, like the others, like I said, died the same way, electrocuted as he's singing. And then next to him, you have your good buddy, Ned Nub. Now, Mike, I have to think this is you, and here's why, okay? Mr. Ned here, he's the only one out of the five that's not wearing any clothes. He has no shirt on. He's just letting it, you know, of course, you can only see the neck and up, but he's like, I'm enjoying this afterlife better than anybody because he has absolutely no shirt on as he's singing. I'm just quietly frightened right now why you would think of a naked man and I'd be the first thing you thought of. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it a whole different way right now. I, I don't understand why. I'm, I don't want to understand it's, why. It's a brother's love. But, it's fun. But I just, I'm, I'm kind of speechless after that. I mean, what do you say? Yeah, what do you say? You know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, you know, and, the, and then finishing out the five. I have to think this guy probably drove everybody crazy. He was the friend that goes to trivia and thinks he knows all the answers, but he's never right. Uh, Phineas Peapock. And uh, he was portrayed in this by Bob Ebright. Um, one of the things I love, too, is the fact that he not only has a tombstone on the hillside, um, but his is the only tombstone. They all just have tombstones as well. The only tombstone that reads his name but does not have an epitaph with it, does not have a saying or, or a limerick or anything to go along with it. So he, uh, if you're looking for something unique for him, he's the only one. So that's a good little Disney trivia that you can get your friends with. Is uh, He's the only one with a tombstone that doesn't have anything except for his name. So. Now, let, let, let me ask you this, too. The interesting thing about um, Phineas is he shares the same last name with Prudence Pock. And Prudence was a poetress, and she actually has a plot in the Haunted Mansion Cemetery as well. Now, the interesting thing about her is she worked in the library. So she worked in the library. He was singing in uh you know to entertain the gracies she died in the library and her her epitaph reads here lies poetess prudent pock she died to said from writer's block um so the interesting thing is were they husband and wife were they brother and sister but he does have family inside the haunted mansion with him so he's the uh, other distinctive characteristic for him is that i didn't even see that. that's cool i like that story mm-hmm. i don't know about that yeah so moving right along as we pass the Bust singing one of our favorite songs, The Grim Grinning Ghosts. We head down to see the Beheaded Knight. Tell me a little bit about the Beheaded Knight. The one thing I like is, you know he's German. He sings in a German accent. And uh, he is standing there holding his head. Now, the story behind this guy goes that his real name is Giovanni Jones. And he was an actual opera singer. And he was hired along with uh, three buddies uh, to perform for George Gracie Jr., the ghost host as we know him. And so he goes to Gracie Manor to go, and he actually goes to cheer up uh, George Gracie Jr.'s wife, Lillian, because she was really down in the dumps about where they stood socially, and he thought, you know what, we're going to throw a huge party, we're going to have these people come in, these opera singers, and everyone's going to think, we are big time, we're big shots. So they come in, and they start singing Don Juan in the Underworld as they're going through. But then we start to uh, learn about some other people that we're going to get into really, really soon. And that's our friend Gus. The hitchhiking prisoner. All right. So before we talk about Gus, we have to bring up the important part of the scene also would be the executioner. The interesting thing about the executioner, too, is if you listen very, very closely. So if you hear the different tones coming, uh, the prisoner sings in a low pitch voice. Um, and then you have the executioner singing in more of a high-pitched voice. Now, the cool part is he's the only one 
that sings different lyrics than everyone else. So, as it should be, they pretend to terrorize. They pretend to terrorize. It's they begin to terrorize. So, I don't know if this is his way of saying, I'm the executioner, I am here to terrorize. Um, but yeah, he sings in a completely different, uh, changing that lyric up a little bit, but you did speak a little bit about the story about, you know, him, uh, him and the beheaded knight coming with their good friend Gus to the haunted mansion to, uh, um, get Lily into cheer up a little bit. And, uh, listen, things didn't go as planned because Gus, our good friend, dude, he's got, he's got something wrong with him. I'm surprised he has such a dark story considering the hitchhiking ghosts are kind of the, uh, I guess they would be the poster child for the Haunted Mansion. You know, when you think of Haunted Mansion, I mean, they're always, that's that's who you see with it. You know, you have the mansion and you have the those three guys. You know, a lot of those snapshot pictures and stuff, and it's these three hitchhiking ghosts. They're very much a part of this attraction, and uh, he's pretty dark. And uh, Gus is actually an insane serial killer who killed his own parents uh, after they had him imprisoned in a lunatic asylum for his murderous tendencies. Uh, Gus actually came to Gracie Mansion where he was imprisoned on the grounds by the ghost host and Madame Leota in order to protect the Gracie's family name. He died and he tried to kill a stray cat with his bull and chain, but he accidentally missed, threw it down a well, and it caused him to drown. So that's a pretty morbid death and it's a pretty gruesome death scene and it's a pretty much the psychology of his character is just it's really insane for somebody who they make the poster child for a disney ride if you think about it you know and not only was he absolutely crazy with the cat and everything but before that even happened you know like you said he was a serial killer gus who we know is a prisoner he uh, as they're singing the the all the siblings up you know you're talking about carmen antonio giovanni uh and rocco as they're singing he goes down, he, he hits a trap door with uh, Rocco's feet as he's standing on it, and they fall through, and then he sits there and murders all of them, um, which actually inadvertently murders his brother, decapitates him with the axe. It's just the guy has lost his mind, and he is attributed to many, many deaths inside the Haunted Mansion. This, this for me, caught me off guard, because you always think Madame Leota... And even if you're looking at the hitchhiking ghost, right? No one expects the short guy. The short guy is always the nice guy, okay? Just so everyone out there knows, okay? The short guy is the nice guy. But this case, no. The Gus may be the darkest, deepest, most disturbing story that the Haunted Mansion gives us. Like you said, I was deeply shocked by the the darkness of what Gus actually was. You know, when you... I'll never look at him the same, you know, like uh, when you see those magic photo shots and when you look at the Disney merchandise and how they have him as a poster child, it's going to be definitely weird looking at him in a different way because uh, he's definitely one of those, uh, you know, serial killer rated R movies you would see around Halloween time, you know, a real horror time. Uh, he, and he had two other partners that you would see, the other two hitchhiking ghosts that would follow you home or tag along at the end of the ride. And that that would be Ezra and Phineas. Uh, Ezra is the skeleton who we've seen before, the tall, skinnier kind of guy. And then Phineas, who's kind of like myself. You know, these guys kind of match us a little bit. They do kind of match us a little bit, don't we? I guess guess that makes me the lunatic. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Jason could be the skeleton, and I definitely have the physique of Phineas. So uh, I think that works out well. The plump hunchback 
well, I don't know about a hunchback, but he's uh, <laughs> not yet. You're getting there. You know, I'm getting there. Yeah, old age, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, he's he, the other two are Boy Scouts compared to Gus. Well, I tell you, I, I love um, Phineas too because look, it's not the first time you see the name Phineas. We just talked about Phineas as one of the singing bust, Phineas Pock. Uh, with his sister in the library. Now I sound like uh, sound like a game of Clue, don't I? Um, but the, you know his name's Phineas. He is known as the Traveler, the guy holding the bag. We've we've discussed him in a previous episode as well, because it is said that inside that bag he holds uh, a portrait of cousin Maud, a bust of Charles Dickens, a candelabra, an urn, and some silverware. Um, I like the backstory in this guy that I've heard though. I've heard a story to where he is also known as Professor Phineas Plump. And uh, if you look back at this time period, back when all of this took place, one of the things that you saw were traveling salesmen. They would hit the road and they would go and they would sell different items all across the country because you didn't have the amazing thing like Amazon and our smartphones that would deliver things. So they would go all across the country. Uh, Professor Phineas Plump, though, he sold what was known, he was known as a snake oil salesman. Now, for those of you who don't know what a snake oil salesman is, they would go around pretty much selling elixirs and things that they would convince you that you would need to stay healthy or to keep your health or to make you healthier. Um, and he would, you know, he he would mix up different things. Maybe they didn't go together, weeds, plants, all that. And then he would convince people, hey, this will cure your blindness. This will cure this. Now, it's said that he died, though, as he was testing one of his uh, remedies. And uh, as he drank, it was a poorly brewed elixir, uh, he fell over right there on the property and passed away. And that's where uh, Phineas left, and that's why he is always looking to travel, because he is a person that moved, he's the person that was always on the go, and he cannot be standing still for very long. So he is hoping that you will take him with you uh, as he hitchhikes his way out of the Haunted Mansion. Of course, we know that's not possible because Madame Leod has cursed this land, and uh, no one can leave the mansion. Uh, the one thing about the skeleton is, or otherwise known as Ezra, our tall buddy with the bowler hat, is the fact that he actually shares um, the same head as the Hatbox ghost and a few other ghosts and, and family portraits and things like that around the Haunted Mansion. So it's pretty interesting to see the fact that this guy, you know, if you would look at his face... Is it the Hatbox Ghost? Is he trying to fool his way out? Of course, they say the Hatbox Ghost is the only one who can navigate the stairs to nowhere. Um, but is, do you see this as maybe another way to escape the mansion? Who knows? We'll see. When you take that ride out as you're headed towards the exit, is there a particular favorite of your hitchhiking ghost that you love to see on top of Gus, your Gus, until now. Now I'm terrified. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a little little maniac. A little, he's throwing bowling balls or throwing his, his leg chains at cats. He's he's pulling trap doors and killing family. Like, what's he? This guy's insane. So, you know, I don't know. I don't trust the little guy anymore. And I've always felt like, hey, we're buddies. We're teammates here, you know, on the little team. Um, yeah, so I would go with him. What about you? Uh, you know, I I think I have a draw to Phineas. You know, I, I just think he's kind of that. You know, he's lovable man. He uh, looks you know. lovable. Yeah, he he almost. You know, we were talking about the other guy hanging in the chandelier in the other room. He's almost similar to that kind right. of character. You know, that bubbly, goofy. You know, hanging from the chandelier with a glass of wine kind of thing. So I don't know. Maybe he's a psychotic murderer like Gus is. I just don't know it. But he's kind Look, of my he's, favorite. He's, like I said, he's a snake oil salesman. So I mean, yeah, he'd probably tell you lots of great stories from being on the right. He'd probably be a good guy just to sit and have a pint with, you know, at a bar or something like that. So 
He probably never. He probably shuts never up. shuts up. Maybe I have more in common with him <laughs> than I do. Uh, I do. I do. Gus. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna start calling. I'm gonna start calling Riley Phineas whenever. Whenever I, I she just won't stop. <laughs> Phineas. Well, she's gonna. She's gonna think it's Phineas yeah, exactly. and Ferb. So Which is a great cartoon. Right. I miss Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, that we talk about the. We talk about the uh, people who maybe have the creepiest moments in the Haunted Mansion. This next one for me is pretty creepy, and it's as we're finally escaping our doom, uh, Little Leota. Yeah, you know, we've talked about how bad Madame Leota is and how bad uh, Constance is, but I think she's definitely the exclamation point at the end of this ride because she's got a pretty dark past, too, and she's got some pretty dark bloodline. I mean, you know, according to folklore she's madame leota's daughter and she's also the daughter of master gracie who is the uh you know the ghost host in this whole story so that's got some pretty serious uh thick bloodline of psychotic and dangerous people because we all know how bad madame leota is tell me a little bit about little leota yeah, little Leota, you you hit it. She has a super super dark past. So, like you said, she is the hinted daughter of Madame Leota and Master Gracie, the ghost host. Um, here's the thing, though, she was a powerful, you know, had a keen interest in in like the psychic and medium uh, abilities, like her mom had. So, little Leota supposedly is engaged to this guy named Jamie Paget. So, Jamie Paget is a super wealthy man. Um, she is going after the money, but you know what? She just, it was not enough for her. She has that, uh, kind of little bit of constance in her to where she goes and she cheats with a guy named Nicholas Crown. So she cheats on, uh, Jamie with Nicholas and, uh, Nicholas loved her so much that he actually helps her murder Jamie by sealing his coffin, sealing him in a coffin alive. So we have lured to this in past episodes to who is in the coffin, uh, and you see him as you're coming through. Um, but she also lured the handyman, the gardener, and the livery man uh, to their dance deaths in a swamp after uh, the rejected her advances. So now you have to think: Does this have something to do with the stretching room and the portraits? You know, this is another story of people who died in the swamp uh, through the quicksand. So maybe that they have something to do with that too. Um, she did not like to be told no. This woman, if you told her no, you were meeting your doom. She also, the one of the things that she loved to do, though, was spend time with pirates. So she would go down to the river, and she would watch the boats go by and spend time with pirates. And she actually ended up dying there in the river by the mansion. And her, her the reason she is the size of a doll is because she died in the water, in the cold, her corpse shriveled to the size of the doll, and that's why she is now named Little Leota, and uh, and the size she is, as she tells you to. Hurry back, hurry back. Be sure to bring your death certificate. You know, being that she was so fond of pirates and she was kind of, you know, wouldn't it be cool if they tied her into pirates somewhere? If they had a little, you know, like uh, one of the, you know, one of the, if they had a child holding a doll in, in pirates, you know, like in this, with a, yeah, in the scenes in pirates holding a doll, you know, that was a doll of her. I think. What about if we cool. you go through and you see the skeleton scene in pirates? If they, he, the skeleton was holding a love, lo- love note from Leota. Oh, from like little really Leota. Cool. 
You know what I mean? So, yeah. Oh yeah, you could you could tie her oh, in, in easily. Just little little ways. It would be really really cool, especially with her love of yeah, pirates. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Um, but she definitely has you know she definitely has some of that constant you know marrying for money and you know that 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 quest for power. I mean, yeah, I mean, and and the whole bride look. You right. know, I mean, they could have pulled it off with other stuff, but the, you know the little bride look. I actually thought before we got into this that she was part that she was a relative or somewhat related to Constance because of the way she looked like Constance in the earlier, uh, you know, like maybe Constance as right. a child, you know what I mean? But reading this, obviously, I can see how she uh, is more tied into Madame Leota and Master Gracie. Well, she has that cool. ability, too, to summon spirits. And so, and I think the difference between her, Madame Leota likes the power of the mansion. She loves the idea of having control over all the spirits and being able to keep them there. And I think it's almost a protective motherly role. Whereas little Leota, all she wants is men and 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 more men and and men. That's it. That's like she wants love, and if even when she finds love, it's not enough. She's gonna find different love, and that's all she wants. That's why she's just as a bride. That's why she's trying to get you there. That's why she's trying to keep you, and uh, she wants you to come back right away. So she is a dark, dark character. Um, I never knew why she was so small. But it was interesting to know why, because of her death, that she is the size she is. You know, the, the worst part about seeing her is your journey through the Haunted Mansion is over. You know, that's the last part. You know, you're about to step off your doom buggy and maybe take a hitchhiking ghost with you, you know, on your way out. But, uh, but you know, speaking of ending up this series, I had a great time talking about this with you. I hope that our Disney family enjoyed this. Uh, you know, we really got to dive into a lot of different stories. I know for a fact I learned a lot doing this. Uh, I, th- I hope that some of our Disney family did. I know I'll never ride this ride the same again. You know, when we were doing the show, I mean, I know this ride inside and out. I mean, how many times have you and I and, you know, we've brought it together. You know, we, we our families have brought it together. Uh, you know, we know it inside and out. But... Diving into this, you really get to pick up a lot of little details that maybe you didn't know before and a little, little backstories. So I'll never ride this the same way again without looking into some of the stuff that we talked about in the oh, show. Oh, definitely. I, I think for me, you know, when we come up with the, with the concept of stories with the dads, and of, I don't think there's a better attraction to start with than the Haunted Mansion because there are so many individual stories that play a key role um, through telling a larger overall story of the mansion. Um, but I didn't know a lot of these, you know, I, of course you see them, you know what they are, but you don't realize that they have a backstory that a lot of these backstories intertwine. Uh, if once you start to realize that, like you said, I will never ride this again, I'll never go into the stretching room again the same way. There's a lot of things that I've learned and I hope our Disney families really enjoyed it too, because it really has been a lot of fun to dive deep into the background of this, uh, of this attraction. And you know, you guys, if you all enjoyed it, you know, put it up on the Facebook group, put it up there that, you know, if you liked us doing stuff like this, because maybe we'll make this a yearly thing. Maybe every October we'll do a uh, stories with the dads and we'll dive deep. Maybe not a five part series. The Haunted Mansion really called for, uh, you know, all those episodes because there was so much, but you know, do a series where we jump into an attraction and really talk the stories behind the stories that you know so well. Uh, Mike, I've, I've loved it, man. I wish Jay was here for this last one. I tell you what, um, I wish Private Harris was here. Private Harris, he summed up his his case last episode, and he did such an amazing job. Uh, what a fun, fun journey that was. And so hopefully that's not Private Harris's last, uh, Detective Harris, his last uh, journey with the dad. So <laughs> I hope to hear him back maybe next year for something, something else. Um, buddy, that was a lot of fun, man. 
like I said, I wish Jason was here to, uh, to you know, finish this up with us. It was nice doing this whole little series. It was a break from our normal shows. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, Justin, now that our ride is over and we've just passed Little Leota and we start to exit the Haunted Mansion, as we walk outside, you can see the, the tombstones are on your left, you know, the Pet cemetery. But if you go to your right, there's the uh, the horseless carriage. You know, we talked about that when we were doing the, the queue ride. And a lot of times during parties and whatnot, it's a good spot for a photo pass. You know, you can get a nice picture with the family and they do some magic shots over there. But... It's not as good as some of other photos that I've seen. And you know where I see our best photos? And that's on Facebook. And that brings us to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week, brought to you by Away With Me Travel. Such a professional. <laughs> Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for it's time us to for get our Picks of the Week. Picks of the week. I tell you what, it's our favorite part. And you know the best part? I miss Jason dearly, but it means we could pick more pictures this week. Uh, Mike, you always bring us in, and you always go last. But today, I wanted to do it just because I want you to go first, buddy. Oh, thank you, man. And uh, I got my pick of the week this week, and it's going to be Tom Duffield. And he's going on a sky ride in a local theme park. Uh, no heat and he's freezing so uh, obviously he's not in Disney World but it's a great picture on a Skyliner and uh, our Skyliners are back up and running I see which is pretty good I plan on riding them uh, either tomorrow or the next day I don't know I don't know if Katie and Riley will I don't I don't I don't know I'm gonna have to give it try to convince them to get on there but yeah that's a that's a cool picture very very cool I am happy that you guys had an amazing amazing time uh, on your on your day out as a family that's so important man just to have that day away um, that's, that's really cool. Um, uh, my pick of the week this week is going to go to Andrew Collins he says sharing a little bit of our fun weekend, keeping a Disney for future generations. He says, you, you know, he's got his, uh, uh son there giving a thumbs up with a one. And it says, you've got a friend in me, best friend due April, 2020. Absolutely awesome. All those friends up there in the playhouse. So happy for you guys. Thank you for sharing. And the Buzz Lightyear costume, that thing's awesome. I'm going to have to borrow that sometime. Cause that's Absolutely awesome. Love the <laughs> pictures. Thank you so much, guys. Very cool. Uh, so, well, since Jason's not here, we're going to pick somebody else. But I'm going to give a huge shout-out to some of my great friends uh, traveling. They are part of the Disney Ads family. Um, Tony Ortiz, he is on a Disney cruise right now. He says, good morning from the Disney Fantasy, currently docked at St. Kitts. I've been to St. Kitts. It's beautiful. And uh, I have sailed with some of the people that are on that sailing, and they are just great people. So I uh, hope you guys have an amazing time. And I'm, I wish I was there with you, but uh, but I'm here, and I like doing this as well. And uh, But I'll be in the world starting tomorrow morning, buddy. Sounds good. And since Jason's not here, you know, I want to pick Emilio Portilla, playing cards, keeping it Disney on a sick day. I hope your little one's feeling better. Uh, you know what, Mike, too? The, there's so many uh, great pictures out there. It's Every week it gets harder and harder. We've done this now for over two years. And it just is an amazing, amazing part of the show that I love doing because it, it lets people share their Disney passion, share their life, you know, how they keep a Disney in their life with us. And with this great family we have on Facebook, guys, if you've not done it yet, go over to Facebook, Disney Dads Podcast Family. Make sure to click that join button. We will approve you and, and be in the group and be an active part over there because it is a really special place. Um, I got to give a heads up to a lot of people who have already booked 
the Disney Dads podcast, Disneyland Family Vacation, July 15th through July 19th of 2020. We're going to be there. We're going to be having a great time. Uh, had three people booked today, just today alone, uh, three families. So going to be absolutely so much fun uh, out there, hanging out with everybody, experiencing Disneyland, working on some really, really cool stuff uh, for that. If you need information for that, make sure to get a hold of Jamie or I, show at awaywithmetravel.com. Uh, we have now opened up where all uh, Disneyland hotels and good neighbor hotels are open for the Disney Dads Podcast Disneyland trip. But to get all those extras, all those cool gifts, all the cool uh, um, um, stuff where we got planned, you got to book through Away to Travel. That's how we pay for that stuff, guys. So make sure to get a hold of Jamie and I, and we will get you taken care of with that. Uh, while you're doing it, too, head over to www.disneydadspodcast.com. You can find the links for not only Facebook, but Twitter, Instagram. You can also find our emails, disneydadspodcast at gmail.com. Our personal emails, if you want to send Mike all those emails every day, he'll get right back with you. Um, you can also give us a call, 317-WDW-DADS, 317-939-3237. While you're doing that, make sure to leave a voicemail. We would love to play your voicemail on a show if you would like or just send us a text let us know what you got going on in your disney lives uh over there mike so much cool stuff going on man i am so so excited i've enjoyed this series a a a ton um but i will tell you this much i'm excited for the next show to maybe not maybe we'll have a laid back show not so much research because i felt like i've been college over this past (laughs) month uh we've been studying and doing that because we want to pass along that knowledge to the disney family so uh mike i gotta thank you man it was it was an absolute best i gotta thank jason i know he's having a great week with his family uh mike closing words for me buddy I listen. You summed it up. It was great doing this series. I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed diving into it. Uh, you know, obviously, if everybody liked it, there'll be more in the future. More importantly, you know, Jason's on his trip. We miss you. You know, like you said, but you got your trip coming up. So I want you to have a good time. Uh, please bless me with as many pictures as you can. I want to vicariously live through you guys. I know you're gonna have a blast, and uh, I could use a little Disney magic and uh, cheer me up through some of my dreary work days. So I could use it. Enjoy your time, and I'll see all you right, soon. Buddy. Have a good one. Thank you, man. Have a good night. See you. Good night, man. See you all a little later. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream. A heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder... And that's a wrap. Hurry back, hurry back. This has been YDF Media Productions.